Welcome to Washoe Life, a podcast brought to you by the Communications Division at Washoe County. Our goal is to bring you a snapshot of some interesting work being done by residents here in our county in northern Nevada. Our guests may be your neighbor down the street, someone you see on TV, or someone sharing their own story to make a difference in our community, as is the case with today's guest. I'm your co-host, Nancy Lewinhagen, the Communications Director here at Washoe County. I'm Bethany Drysdale, the communications manager here at Washoe County. And today we have a very special guest, somebody I've known for a really long time, and someone whose story needs to be heard over and over again. Uh, I do want to let our listeners, listeners know it's a tough subject, but don't go away. This is a subject that needs to be heard and talked about. Um, we're, we're talking about teen suicide. I'm telling you I have my tissues ready because it's going to be tough, but th- thank you so much for being here and sharing your story, Carrie. Carrie Countess, uh, welcome to Washoe Life. Uh, you're the founder of Forever 14, a nonprofit determined uh, to end teen suicide. Tell us first, first of all, thank you so much for being here today. It is uh, just a pleasure to have you in our studio. Thank you for the opportunity. And uh, l- let's talk about the significance of Forever 14. Well, Forever 14 was founded in the wake of um, my son's suicide on October 22nd, 2019. Um, Caleb was an amazing kid, and um, he came from a stable family and a good um, education system. And sadly, um, for some unknown reason, Caleb took his life. And in the wake of his death with some dedicated community members, Forever 14 was founded, and our mission is to advance conversation and human connection to prevent teen suicide. Our goal is to be suicide-free by 2023, the year Caleb would have graduated. Wow. And I want people to remember that, suicide-free by 2023. You have that on your website, um, forever14.org. I want people to go there (laughs) to see what this is all about. Um, So... I think a lot of people are afraid of this topic. I have a daughter who just turned 15. I have to tell you, I was really happy when she got through 14. Um, It's hard to talk about, but you want people to talk about this, right? Absolutely. Suicide is a difficult subject. It's not a, it's not a topic that we talked about in our house. Um, You know, Caleb was um, in middle school for three years at the Gifted and Talented program at Mendive. And all three years, um, he was asked to participate in Signs of Suicide, um, which comes around to the schools on a regular basis. And each year, we would have this um, conversation about, hey, is this something that you want to do? Have a talk with these people. And he would always say, no, that's not something that I'm interested in. And I said, well, it's not necessarily for yourself, but it's for you to be able to identify Um, struggles in your friends. And he was like, Mom, I would know. So it's not a program that we participated in. And I just know that um, that was the extent of our conversations on suicide, despite the fact that there had been several suicides in our social circle. I had no idea until days after Caleb died that suicide is the number one cause of death for children in Washoe County ages 12 through 19. Had I known that information, we would have been having more difficult conversations around the dinner table. That didn't come up. And now that I know, how can you not 
want every family in Washoe County to know that their child is in danger. If there was a murderer running around on the street, certainly somebody would say something. There is a silent killer out there, and we have to be talking about it to end teen suicide. And so we totally believe that Washoe County can be suicide-free by 2023 if we all start talking about it. How? How do you talk about it? Well, I mean, it starts with just saying, have you ever had any suicidal thoughts? I know that in Caleb's service, we wanted the news media to come out, and they said, absolutely not. Talking about suicide causes suicide. Well, that's not true. So we need to be able just to have say it at the dinner table. Hey, have you ever had thoughts of self-harm or harming yourself? Or even worse, have you ever had suicidal thoughts? Kids will be honest with you. They'll tell you if that's something that they've been thinking about. And I think it's important for parents to know that kids are thinking more about it than we know. I think I want to follow up on that very quickly. I, um, I, when my daughter was in high school, the, the TV series came out about suicide. I can't remember the name of the TV series. But the, but the criticism was, don't let your kids watch it. Don't let them watch it because that, that may happen. And I, I felt... I, and I don't know what's right or wrong. I, 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 too, am just sharing with you. And I thought, well, I'd rather talk about it with her, the series, uh, than tell her to not watch something that, that then she may want to go. And so it's just interesting. Oh, to to, tell, yeah. Totally. To tell them not to do something is to tell them to do something. Right. I mean, that's just that, that's standard teenage um, thinking. And so, um, yeah, I mean, we just have to be very candid about it and, and have those conversations. Now, you know, to live in Washoe County and to not know some teenager or some family that has had a suicide loss is nearly impossible. You know, I will say that it is happening more in the middle class and upper middle class um, neighborhoods. And, and I found that um, that kind of thinking is more prevalent um, through the kids that we bring up to the Legacy Project than the kids who um, are living in the inner city and, and in poverty. They seem to be more resilient. You talked about unwillingly joining a community of local grieving parents who have lost teens t- to suicide. And what has it meant for you to meet other people in this situation? Well, it's interesting. Um, I just had a, a midnight text with um, a mother grieving the loss of her 12-year-old child this past week. And what, um, you know, I, I think that it's just important um, for them to know that they're not alone. I know it's important for me to know that I'm not alone, um, that I, you know, this is not an anomaly to my family. This is an epidemic. This is, this is, like I said, it's a silent killer. It's something that's murdering our children. And so it's, when you think of it like that and you're not worried about the judgment from the community, then it's easier to um, connect with parents. And I'm here to say I am one proud mom. My kid was an amazing kid. His death does not define him. And I think that other parents and the way that we talk about it um, gives them the ability um, to be able to accept their own situation and hopefully talk about it and share their stories. I think if parents can 
relate to me, then they can relate to my situation happening in their own household. And that's where we all need to understand that we are not immune to this. No family here is immune to it. I can, I can understand the, um, the uh, relief you had when your child turned 15. But just last week, a mother, you know, celebration of life for a 15-year-old. You make a really excellent point, and I think when you see people that you know, I mean, I've known you for a long time, and so when I see that this can happen in your family, and it's not an anomaly, it's not, oh, it's those people over there, or it's people I've never heard of, this is happening in our own community to people that we know. That is a really, really excellent point. It's happening in places you wouldn't expect it. And just, you know, the five kids who have died since Caleb, I can look at their family and I can say, there's no way. I would have never, I would have never thought that. And the kids that died before that, you know, I knew their families. We played on the same sports team. We were in the same clubs. How does that happen? I, I want to bring it back to something you said just a minute ago. You mentioned the Legacy Project. What is that? Cause I, I've seen that on your website, and I didn't understand what it is. Can you tell us what that's all about? Sure. The um, Project Discovery up um, adjacent to Sky Tavern is one of the best-kept secrets in Washoe County. I mean, we've been here 20 years, and I didn't know about it until Mike Selby, the owner of Project Discovery, reached out to me after Caleb's death. Um, and so what we do, it's a summer program. Um, we do it in four um, every other weekend for um, eight weeks. And it's a leadership empowerment program where we take kids ages 12 through 17 and we bring them out into nature, which is healing in and of itself. And these kids are from all walks of life. So it's not like you have one club coming up there to do that. You might have kids that were brought by Black Wall Street, some that come in from um, other nonprofit organizations, schools, churches, and they get together and they learn to how to communicate with each other. Not only the communication with each other, but also how to support each other, right? And how to receive support and give support. And those are just amazing um, attributes that these kids need to be able to um, dig into in order to be able to process today's environment with technology and bullying and, you know, comparison and poverty and all the other things that these kids go through. And I'm, I'm glad you talked about technology. Forever 14 really focuses on human connection with the Tech Out Challenge on the 14th of each month and the Teen Ambassador Program. Why are you so focused on connections? Well, on the 14th, we, we recognized this um, immediately when um, at Caleb's funeral, as I was writing the eulogy for Caleb's funeral, is that, um, you know, once a year we profess our love to each other. And it's on Valentine's Day, which is coming up. And we, um, we talk about, um, you know, it, how much, how important it is to, to let the others, you know, change, exchange cards and do that. But once a year is not enough. And so we challenge everybody on the 14th of the month to tech out, 
and check in. And what that means, we, we've actually adopted the um, State of Nevada Hope Meetings Nevada campaign of Ask Five. And so we challenge you on the 14th to put down your phone and really check in with those around you, your family members, maybe do a game night or at least a dinner around the table, but also to ask five other people how they're doing and genuinely do that. We ask you to do that like by picking up the phone and actually having that human connection because it's really easy for somebody to say something in a text that isn't true to how they're really feeling. So we want to be able to hear the inflection in your voice, see the look in your eyes, and truly feel your human vibration, if you will, um, because I can tell when I'm, we're face-to-face how you're doing versus you just texting me or picking up the Even the voice can sound different um, when somebody's really feeling low or down. You just, it's lacking that energy. So ask five, check out, check in on the 14th of every month. Every month. Let's, let's, let's start it right here. I love this idea. It's wonderful. I do too. I am going to do that with my children. Um, I want to know, uh, you mentioned that there weren't really any signs with Caleb, but you have talked to so many parents. I know that you have really immersed yourself in understanding and learning as much as you can. Um, are there signs to watch for? Are there things? What What do I look for in my own child? Can you tell us that? Is that <laughs> too much? No. <laughs> So there were, hindsight being twenty twenty, is I could see now that Caleb was tired. I could see it in his re- writings. Um, in religious class, they, were, they had them um, write, you know, things about myself that I know to be true. And Caleb knew he was loved. The number one thing he wrote down is, you know, I was loved by many. Dogs are the best animals. Um, football is the best sport. Some pretty basic stuff. Um, But he also, in his paperwork, um, wrote down that I'm really tired. So if I look like I'm not engaging with you, it's probably because I was up late doing my homework and I'm just really tired. Um, That day, that Sunday, um, the night before, he had gone to homecoming with some friends. And um, that next day, that next morning, he was with his um, playing ball with his friends. And then when we... Um, connected again, um, I could tell that there was just this, you know, lack of energy. And I was like, Caleb, what's going on? What's up, buddy? Did you have a good time? You know, and he's like, yeah, and I, I'm just tired, mom. I'm just really tired. And then that that next Monday, um, Minogue had canceled school because four kids came down with whooping cough. And so um, Caleb's football practice was canceled. He went right home that night and went to bed. I mean, he got home from school at 3.30. He didn't wake up till 6 a.m. the next morning. School had been canceled for that whole week, so Caleb was at home. I could just see that there was, he was just tired. He was just really tired. Do you want to go with me and do this? No, I'm all right. I'm just tired. So I think sleep deprivation at this age is huge. I mean, I've long said that I don't understand why high schoolers get picked up at 6.30 in the morning when the elementary schools don't start till 9.30. Well, the elementary kids are up at 6 o'clock in the morning, and the high schoolers don't want to get out of bed until 9, 10 or 11, you know. So um, 
he was tired. He was exhausted. It was a, these were long days for him. He had come from middle school, right? Middle school, you go to school at eight o'clock in the morning and you're off at two 30 in the afternoon. Then he played sports, but he generally had between two 30 and six o'clock free to do his homework, to play with his friends, to do that kind of connection within his community. And then his football would go from six to eight o'clock and then an eight, you know, so do going from that kind of schedule to a 7 a.m. start time to 7 p.m. at night with no breaks in between, no time to do homework, no time to connect with your friends. I mean, it's a pretty grueling thing going from middle school to high school. And I think that that's really important that we we recognize that. So during this COVID, you know, while there were some kids that were really, you know, having a difficult time with the isolation and the disconnect, there were some kids that were really thriving in this. They were appreciating having this time. And while they missed their sports and they missed their social activities, um, it gave them time to rest. And their bodies are changing so much that, you know, so when you ask me, Bethany, the only thing I know is my kid was tired. You know, so when I, I talked to my um, primary care physician and I told him that, this was a real eye-opener for me. He said, Carrie, he was tired of what? Tired of what? That's a lot. It's a, the, we, the expectations of teenagers in high school, uh, and I'm not just saying parents, but please understand that there's an expectation that they put on themselves. Totally. That that's totally. the hard thing to. Oh yeah, you know you want to get the Millennium Scholarship, right. so you've got to get this. You've got to, you know, now everybody's looking at you. With the grades that you get really matter. What are you going to do with your life? Are you going to get recruited? What college are you going to go to? Is it going to be paid for? Is it going to be a scholarship? What did your siblings do? Were your siblings super successful or? You know, are, are your are your siblings a disappointment to the parents, and now you're carrying that whole burden and backpack? It's an immense responsibility for a child to go through. You know, whether it be starting at 13, 14, 15, we're seeing that a, a lot of these kids that are dying by suicide are in those first few years of high school. You know, and they're, they, they're, they're even, not only is there that pressure for that, but there's, now there's the social am, impact of it. You're in a new school, probably, you know, and you need to make new friends. And what does that look like? You know, and what do you look like to them? Now, and, and there is help out there. And that, that is what I also like hearing from you and listening to you. Um, one of the things we're proud of about here at Washoe County is we work with Crisis Support Services of Nevada. They run the Child Abuse Hotline, Suicide Prevention Hotline. They also run the After Hours Hotline or Line Washoe 311. Um, so if someone you know, a teen or otherwise, is having a tough time and considering harming themselves, there are some numbers. I want to give one right now. You can call 800-273-TALK or that's 800-273-8255 for help. And Safe Voice. I think this is one of the coolest things that the state rolled out, this Safe Voice program. I made my daughters download it on their phones. You can quickly click on it to text if you see a, um, a, a security issue, a safety issue, or need to get some help for yourself or a friend. So that's really important that students here in Nevada 
can take advantage of. There's also a number for that, um, 833-216-SAFE, which translates to um, 833-216-7233. So it's so important to use resources and reach out for help. Absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, I, I'm not quite sure where I sit with this because Caleb could have called anybody. He could have called a friend. He could have called his brother. He could have, you know, called a coach. He could have called, to, he could have told us. And um, he didn't do any of that. And so I, I, I think it's just really important that we really pay attention. You know, it's all in our mission statement is that we need to have those difficult conversations and we need to have those human connections. And it's just so important. You know, when I look back, as Bethany said, she and I have go back, you know, over a decade um, in friendship, in our business relationship. And, and I, um, you know, I think back about, you know, when I was a full-time parent and, and full-time worker and, and parent at the same time and the pressures that I put on myself, you know, that I had to, I had to be high performing for my employer who had very high expectations of me. But then I had to get home and I had to get my kids off to, you know, deal with what was going on at their school. Luckily, you know, my kids were were good students and went to great schools. And so that schooling wasn't, but what if they weren't? What if they had learning disabilities, you know? And I know kids who have and struggle with that. But then, you know, I'm getting home at, you know, back when there wasn't so much traffic here, you know, it would only take me a 30 minute commute. And then I would get home and okay, guys, even my bird would say, get your water bottle, you know, because we were out the door, we were out the door to sports. And then I, you know, I take my kid to in, I had multiple kids. So drop this kid off there and that kid off there and then get home, make dinner. And then where's the time like for my relationship with my husband and all of that? And then on the weekends, we were traveling. We were, you know, four hours to Bishop, two hours to Susanville. We were traveling. It was our life. It was our lifestyle. But the intense amount of pressure as a parent that had to have been displayed to my kids and then their need to want to perform for their coaches, me, their siblings, their friends, I mean, I just, it, it's tough being a kid today. And all of that stuff ends up on social media. Now, Caleb didn't have, um, was not an a- active on social media, and there was nothing um, that we found going through his phone that indicated that there was any kind of bullying or that he had been called out. But I just recently shared something on, on Forever 14 that there's a, you know, sixth-grade kid at, at Sky Ranch Middle School that became the victim of a TikTok because of a silly TikTok he did, and then he got alienated, and then, you know, we can't, we just, it, we can't keep letting that happen. We have to be more aware. We just have to be more aware. Uh, Carrie, your your story is heartbreaking, and I, I do know that it's not a story I'm sure that you want to share. I do wonder if there's anything else you want us to know about Caleb. He sounded like an amazing young man. He was. He was, uh, Caleb was, uh, well, if you could take the best parts of all my five kids and put them into one package, that was Caleb. He was smart. 
He was cute. He was funny. He was fast. He was a hard worker. He was compassionate. He had an amazing empathy for people and for animals. Um, he just, he was a great kid. And, um, you know, I just, I'm, I'm so robbed of a future with him and seeing all the amazing things that he was going to do. And so that's why as a mother, as his mother, his legacy is so important to me. So Bethany, you mentioned the legacy, the project. So the legacy project up at Project Discovery, we do that four times in the summertime. We get kids up there and we empower them. We, they don't, a lot of times they don't know why they're there. And, and we try to address suicide in a very non-threatening kind of fun way that we, you know, which is why our events are fun, but it's powerful and it's impactful. And it's, it's, we're going to talk about suicide because that's the whole thing that brought us together. So through building a legacy, um, that Caleb would be proud of is super important to me. He would, we do everything that he likes to do. So we, you know, we're planning on doing in the future, we want to do a flag football team because, or tournament because he, they were flag football champions four years in a row at the Reno Sports Dome. We want to do, um, we like to do these trampoline events because Caleb, you know, he was a monkey. He loved to do um, jumping and being with his friends and having dance parties and would love doing something all night. He, he loved being out in nature and doing things that were um, death-defying, scary, you know, being up in a 40-foot tree, having somebody belay you that you don't know can be pretty scary. You know, we partner very closely with Sky Tavern because we were members of Sky Tavern since 20, you know, since 2002 when we got here. And Sky Tavern has been in a great resource for Forever 14. So our great race that we do during Suicide Prevention Month is something Caleb would have loved to have done. So everything we do is in Caleb's memory, and it's something that is fun and engaging that he would like to do. And through that, we, we raise awareness that, look, if this can happen in my family, this can happen in any family you are not immune and you need to have these difficult conversations with your kid, period. Carrie, I am in constant awe of how you have turned this, this horrible loss into something productive. Um, it's weak consolation, I'm sure, but I, I want you to know that we know you are changing this community, that you are saving lives, and that please take that with you. Thank you Thank for you. sharing your story with us. Thank you. Thank you. Very, very powerful, and I we are honored to learn more about Caleb today as well. Thank you. He's a great kid. Wow. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, and uh, and thank you to our listeners for joining us. As, as tough as today's conversation was, it needs to be heard, and I encourage you to check out Caleb's Legacy at forever14.org. The Suicide Prevention Hotline, again, is 800 800- 273-TALK. That's 800-273-TALK. And thank you for joining us today. This podcast is called Washoe Life, and we want to meet the people who make life in Washoe County so interesting. If you have an idea, please send it to Washoe311 at washoecounty.gov. Until next time, thank you for listening. <laughs>